here at the Richmond Raceway. Lights out, time to go racing. All race fans, buckle up. This is going to be a good one. Coming to the white flag, both cars wash up the racetrack. Gibbs gets into the left rear, Nima check. They keep them pointed in the right direction. Last time around, Richmond Raceway. Gibbs is going to force his way underneath. They make contact. Nima check is up the racetrack. Gibbs to the inside, side by side for the lead and the win in Richmond. They make contact. Gibbs will take Nima check up the track. Checkered flag is waving at the start finish line. Here they come racing back. Guy Gibbs will get there first. John Hunter's going to give him a tap going into turn number one. John Hunter Nemechek not at all happy with Ty Gibbs. Richmond Raceway, race seven of the 2022 season. We have green flag pit stops. Four zone, four zone, hitting this time. Other pit stops, Denny Hamlin is down in the way. Behind you for the win, and the 19 behind you, you got to catch him again. And here comes Denny Hamlin. This is a long way from being over. Here comes Denny Hamlin. He's going to try to get around Truex. He'll do it. Hamlin to second. Denny Hamlin is on the back bumper. Question is, where will the move come? Hamlin will rumble out of the pocket down to the inside. This is for the lead in three. Coming to the line, four laps to go. Denny Hamlin side by side with William Byron. A nose out in front. The FedEx Toyota leads at Richmond Raceway with four laps to go. Hamlin clears Byron. For the final time at the back straightaway, it is all Denny Hamlin at the Richmond Raceway. The streak has been broken. Denny Hamlin sees the checkered flag. That's one hell of a drive there, D8. Great call, gave Hart. Nice work, guys. Speechless, man. Great job. Hell of a job. Hi, right, everyone, and welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse. DJ, it's still exciting to watch that finish, isn't it? Oh, from Richmond on Sunday afternoon. Marty Snyder, the Hall of Famer, Dale Jarrett, joining you here. Of course, we want to hear from you guys as well at 844-NASCAR-NBC. We'll pack in as many calls as we possibly can today. Coming up on the show today, Ryan Blaney will join us here. He had a good weekend at Richmond. Yeah, sure did. At the pole position, top 10 finish, back-to-back top 10s for him. And also another guy who drives the number 12 at Team Penske. I don't know why we're hitting number 12 <laughs> drivers at Team Penske, but Will Power will join us to talk about the big Long Beach weekend coming up this weekend, not only for IndyCar, but IMSA also there this weekend as well. We'll get into the weekend schedule. But up first, our buddy Pete Pistoni from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90 will join us, and Pete will help us break down what all happened at Richmond. So, Pete, I want to know from you, you know, it was, a, it was a very robust debate here on the show on Monday. I don't know if you caught it, but Kyle Petty said, DJ liked the race at Richmond. Kyle said, I didn't. And then I was surprised to hear Denny Hamlin say, I didn't like the race either. It was a big strategy race. I love that from Pitt Road. What do you think about the race Sunday, Pete? Well, my, my equation was this, guys. I, You know, it's baseball season. We've got opening day tomorrow. I thought that race was a one nothing baseball game where you didn't get a walk-off <laughs> home run. You didn't get a lot of, you know, runs on the board. You got basically a lot of strategy. You had a pitcher's duel there. And here's the thing, guys. I wouldn't want that every week. But I was good with it on, on Sunday. I think, quite frankly, on the cup side, we haven't had a lot of strategy races in the last few years. Now, I didn't expect to get a strategy race at a short track in Richmond, especially after what I saw at the end on, on Saturday with Ty Gibbs and, and John Nernimacek. But I thought the strategies played themselves out really well. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was almost a throwback. And at the end of the day, if you get that every once in a while, I think most of the people we heard from on, on the morning drive were pretty good with the fact that you got a strategy race on Sunday. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I, I thought it was fascinating just to watch. And, and, you know, we had a few teams and drivers that, that literally during in midstream kind of changed what they yeah, were going to do. And, and so I thought that was interesting that they would take that time to, to do that. And it actually cost a few of them by not staying on that strategy. But I want to ask you about a couple of guys. And, and Ryan Blaney being one, went in the poll there, leading a lot of laps. Uh, and Tyler Reddick. Both of them have been very strong uh, through these first seven weeks. But... No wins in the column yet. Do you start to get concerned about that side of the, these two drivers? You know, DJ, for me on the Ryan Blaney side, I mean, the stat that I think we all know, every time, 10 times now, whenever he's led 100 laps or more in his cup career, he hasn't won the race. And he led 128 laps on Saturday, or Sunday rather, and the same thing happened. I don't know if I'm concerned about it, but that's just very odd when Ryan has a car like he did on Sunday, led every lap of the first stage, I know he had some contact from Ross Chastain, and I know he was not happy with that contact. I don't know if that's the reason the car didn't handle as well as it did from that point on. But again, he, he led all those laps, and he didn't win a race. That's got to be frustrating. 
for sure. I'm not that concerned about it, though. I think he'll come back. On the Tyler Reddick side, I feel the same way there. That was not his best showing. Tyler Reddick feels to me like the next guy after what we saw out of Ross Chastain and Trackhouse that has been knocking on that door to victory lane. They've got to figure out a way to put a clean race together, and I think they're going to get there. I really do. So I'm not concerned by them, but certainly that was a disappointing outing for both those guys. Just going in, I think they both thought they were going to have really good finishes Sunday at Richmond. Yeah, I think Tyler would be the first to tell you Richmond, not his best racetrack. Maybe not Martinsville either this weekend, but I would say it'll be pretty good after that. Pete, I want to know your thoughts on Toyota. And, and does this now answer the questions about, there was a lot of hand-wringing early on, all Toyotas are terrible, what's going on? Joe Gibbs Racing can't finish in the top five, and then they come out there and they dominate Richmond. So what are your thoughts on Toyota moving forward now? Marty, here's how I feel about Toyota. If they didn't do well at Richmond, where were they going to do well? I mean, they mm -hmm. are just so good there, right? So I, I didn't expect them to be quite as good. I don't know would go in there and say they'd have four in the top ten and Denny Hamill would win the race. But I really thought for the struggles, to your point, that they had, if you went to Richmond and you were continuing to talk about those struggles, then I'd really be concerned if I were Toyota, Joe Gibbs Racing, and TRD. I need to see a little bit more now. I want to see if they can sustain what they did there on Sunday. I want to see, you know, they should be good at Martinsville. They've got drivers there that run there as well. The dirt race the next week after that at Bristol, I don't know what to tell you about that one. We'll just skip over that. <laughs> you got Talladega, then you got Dover. You get into the meat and potatoes of the schedule. So if I'm a Toyota fan today and I'm watching us and I'm listening, I'm thinking I'm feeling better about things. But I want to see a little bit more. I want to see that sustainability to see if they indeed, because Denny Hamlin told us, well, a few weeks ago, he said, you know, get back to me in about five races and I'll give you a better barometer of where we are. Where well, he beat that. He beat that benchmark by winning the race. But I want to see a little bit more before I can tell you Toyota's back and some of those struggles are in the rearview mirror. Pete, you brought up uh, the different types of racetracks that we're getting ready to encounter, uh, starting with the half-mile track at Martinsville this weekend. Uh, but we, we've seen different types of racetracks uh, so far, uh, but we've seen great racing at all of them from this new car. I'll have to say, I, I was a little skeptical and apprehensive that of what kind of racing we may see. But in my opinion, it's been outstanding. Do you have any concerns going forward as to type racing we might see at any facility? I really don't. I really don't. I think you're, you're spot on with that. It doesn't matter if it's a short track, an intermediate track, a road course, a super speedway. This car has delivered. And, you know, again, it delivered this past week. Maybe not in the way that a lot of us thought with some of the way that the cars were maybe spinning out and all that. We didn't really see that there. So we got a strategy race. But I agree. And I think that when you go forward, and, and this has been a, a beautiful part, I think, of the schedule, where you really don't know what to expect. You know, you got 400 laps this weekend. Martinsville, not 500 laps. How's that going to impact things? How is this car going to drive there? I know they tested the next-gen car on the dirt at Bristol. It's got a little different feel than it did a year ago. I think that's going to be an interesting race. So everything that I think the next-gen car was out to try to accomplish for NASCAR, for me, guys, you can pretty much check every box. You know, the drivers are having a hard time with it. That's, you know, sorry for them, but kind of good for us when they have to struggle. Sometimes <laughs> that's a good thing. So I think right now, seven races in. And how about the fact that we've got seven different drivers in victory lane in the first seven races of season, and three of those drivers have never won a Cup Series race before. I don't know how you could have scripted out a better start to 2022. Hey, Pete, uh, we asked everybody on the show Monday their thoughts on this, but what are the fans' thoughts on Ty Gibbs and the way that he won the race Saturday and sort of the, the way he is, you know, running his season so far? Well, I think it's a... I know you're going to be shocked to hear this, Marty. Sort of a split decision from the fans, quite honestly. <laughs> uh, there, there's a group of fans that understand that that's how things are today. No matter who you are, you, you, if you want to win one of these races, especially on a short track, you're going to have to make contact. There's also that same group of fans who said, well, guess what? John Hunter Nemechek has done that before in his career. When you look at his body of work, he's not afraid to use the bumper. The interesting dynamic there for, for me and for a lot of our listeners was, they're teammates, right? They both run for Joe Gibbs, or they did for that day. So you got to wonder if maybe in the back of John Hunter Nemechek's mind, that was there as well. Ty Gibbs has talent. There's no doubt about that. And I think that whether it's fair or not, there are some folks who feel like in a very short period of time, he's built up a reputation as a little bit of a polarizing driver of being as aggressive as he is. I think there's some fans who would like to see him win a race and not have contact at the end and see if he can just go out there and do that 
But at the end of the day, it's a short track. This is what we all live for. Mm -hmm. We want to see finishes like that. So I didn't have a problem with it, but I do think in, in Ty's case, for a lot of reasons, he's a bit of a polarizing figure at a, at a relatively young age. And we'll see how this goes from here. He'll be in victory lane again, trust me, before the season's out at least a few more times, in my opinion. I think that's a safe bet, Pete. <laughs> uh, let's go to your power rankings now. Now, Pistol, come on. Yeah. How does Denny Hamlin go from out of the rankings to third? I don't, I don't know how you jump up that quickly. Well, he won, Marty. It's all about winning races, right? I mean, who's hotter than the guy that just sure, won the last yeah, race? Yeah, it's Denny it. Hamlin. Yeah, that's yeah, what, I get it. You know, I get it. It was interesting when I put them together, though. And again, no disrespect. I have Chase Elliott as the top guy. It's almost by default because for everything I just said and all the competition we've got, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a driver that has really kind of grabbed that brass ring and is the guy to beat, which I think that's great, quite honestly. But when you look at the power rankings, we don't have a guy like Kyle Larson like we did a year ago where I think Kyle Larson in the 36 weeks of the power rankings was number one, 32 of those weeks. We don't have that right now, <laughs> which I think is good. And I, I listen, I'm not going to be surprised if next week when I put those together, we got a couple of new faces inside that top 10 because I think that's just how this season's going. I will yield the floor yeah. to the Hall of Famer to see if he has <laughs> any objections to your power rankings. No, Fair. except for the fact that he started about that Denny moved up because it's all about winning, and then the guy that's first hasn't won <laughs> hasn't a race won a yet. Race. So, that's why but I no, I understand what you're talking about, that, that nobody <laughs> has really put together those seven weeks at this point in time, and, and I think that's going to continue. How about you? Yeah, I do. Now, again, we always get to this point uh, on our show where people start calling Bagman and I and saying, okay, guys, is this the year where we've got more winners than we've got playoff spots? And in the past, I've always said, I don't think so. I think it's a long year, but I, it, this has got a different feel to me. You know, I'm, not, I'm not willing to go there yet, but I think I feel a little bit more comfortable with at least agreeing with some of our listeners who feel that way than I have in the past because there's a lot of big names that haven't found victory lane, and I know they're going to find victory lane, and I think there's gonna, some guys that haven't won races that are going to win races. So if you use that as the formula and the benchmark and sort of the blueprint for the rest of the year, I think it's going to be an interesting playoff scramble when we get down to July and August. Yeah, and yeah. Pete, to your point, I, I'll bring up what I think is going to be the case. I think from you know the beginning of the year until we kind of start our season in June at Nashville, I think there is going to be no dominant driver like there was Kyle Larson last year. From June on, though, I think a Kyle Larson or a Chase Elliott or, or even a William Byron could light on fire and win a, a rip of races as teams start to figure out this car more. Do you think that's a fair statement? I do, Marty, and I do also think that because of the way the schedule is, even though it is different and there's more variety, you are going to go back to some racetracks. You're going to go back to some style of racetracks, and I think you're right. I think some of these teams will get it a little more figured out, and I think some of these drivers will get it a little figured out as well. So uh, that's why when you talk about like a Tyler Reddick or when you talk about track house racing, they feel like there's an opportunity right now. And at some point, that window, I think, might close a little bit more because some of these bigger teams are going to be as good as I think we all think they will be. So you got to strike while the iron is hot right now because I think you're going to see some of these teams flex their muscles here in the second half of the year. I agree. Point of the day belongs to the Hall of Famer. You said it's all about winning. Your number one guy hasn't won yet. So we need to fix that in the power rankings next week. Could happen this week, though, that, he, <laughs> yeah. that Chase Elliott fixes that problem. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> All right, buddy. As always, good seeing you, man. Thanks so much. Good stuff. Good to be back with you guys. Thanks. All right, Pete Pistoni from SiriusXM NASCAR Radio joining us here. And, and I think his point's terrific, DJ. I don't think there is going to be a Kyle Larson-type season really from anyone this year. Do yeah. you agree? I, 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 I kind of went into the season wondering if that was going to be the case. Was this car going to deliver what we thought the possibilities were, which were more people in the mix and more winners and, and more new winners. And I think that we're on that pace. So uh, I, I think it's going to be tough to do that just because the car is so different. And, and I know that a lot of drivers are pointing to the second time they go to these tracks that they'll have a better idea. Mm -hmm. But that's going to take a while to get to that point. So uh, I, I don't see a, a dominant driver 
car team uh, at this point in time happening uh, even three quarters of the way through the season. And to your point, so many big names yet to win. You got, you know, Harvick, you got Chase Elliott, you've got all these big names, Kyle Busch. They haven't won yet. Yeah. You know those wins will eventually be coming. Yeah, they're coming for for them for sure. And, and I could look at three guys right now, Daniel Suarez, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon. They come to mind that are sitting there ready to get a win uh, for the first time this season. And, and for Reddick and Suarez to be their first wins in this. So I think that we can look I mean, we're going to get into double digits, no doubt, but how far into double digits? And I think that we could look at that 14-15 wow. uh, win number. Here uh, comes the see. conversation, DJ. Are we going to have 16 <laughs> winners and the winner is going to be out of the playoffs? I don't think it's ever going to happen, but maybe if, if, I think if, we if get it's going to happen, this could be the year. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it, 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 Everything sets up perfectly for that to to possibly take place. Uh, and, and I think that another thing that's going to factor in, and you know, we talk a little bit about this, is you know, these are you know, these first races, no breaks. You got no weeks off. You that's know, right. it, it's all there. And then when we, you know, they get one week off and then we take over and it's all to the end then. So uh, that could be a big factor in all of this too. You know who else is right on the verge of that win, the first win of the year? Ryan Blaney. He's showing yeah, so much speed. Back-to-back sure. -back top 10s, back-to-back -back polls as well. When we come back, young Ryan Blaney will join us here on NASCAR American Motor Mouse. Hey, the racing weekend actually starts with the Dale Jr. Download. Robert Wickens on this week, oh, DJ, wow. yeah. and including a, a very interesting chat about the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Yeah. One to check out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look at all that's happening this weekend, oh. DJ. My goodness, we're busy in Long Beach. You got Motocross, Supercross, rather, in uh, St. Louis. And MotoGP at Circuit of the Americas. That's on NBC, followed by IndyCar from Long Beach. You don't want to miss any of that lot happening this weekend. And Ryan Blaney will be part of that. He'll yes, be he running the race at Martinsville on Saturday night after back-to-back -to -back top 10s, back-to-back -to -back pole positions as well. Young Ryan Blaney joins us on the show. How you doing? So of those races, you know, MotoGP at Coda and IndyCar at Long Beach, you get a Sunday off. What are you ex most excited about seeing? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of great motorsports going on this weekend. And it's, you know, it's cool for us to have a Saturday night race uh, at Martinsville. But, yeah, I mean, gosh, I mean, obviously the IndyCar's, are, are very important to us as Team Penske, um, and they've been two for two with McLaughlin and, and Newgarden winning already this year. So I look forward to watching that, um, and I'm going to be watching Sunday of the Masters. That's another thing that I'll be, I want to be watching. So a lot of great uh, sporting events going on this weekend uh, on our Sunday off. I got to be honest with you, and just being truthful between friends here, uh, I never thought I would utter. Richmond, Ryan Blaney, pole leading most laps in the same <laughs> sentence. How did you finally get that place figured out in one weekend? Yeah, you know, that was um, honestly a pretty fun weekend. Um, you know, a fun Saturday sitting on the pole, um, you know, went in a stage and, 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 you know, finishing pretty decent, finishing seventh. So, um, obviously, you want to run better. And and since we ran really good that whole race, you're, you're kind of bummed you run seventh. You know, you want to go out there and they contend for the win. But... I don't know. You know, we've, we've put a lot of work into that place over the years. Um, me trying different ways of, you know, how to drive the race car to, uh, you know, kind of suit that place. And I think the new car kind of helped me out a little bit of like a reset of, okay, new car, let's reset. You know, this thing may be, you can drive it in a certain way that might help me out a little bit more. But um, overall, a really good day and good job by the whole 12 group and Jonathan Hassler for uh, for bringing a fast car. Like, like every single weekend, you just got to keep building and Hopefully we stay up front, uh, try to get our first one of the year here soon. Ryan, you spoke of the new car. It looks like it really is suiting you. I, I believe I've read or heard that you've led every race this year so far, so uh, seven for seven in that category. It seems like you've been competitive everywhere. And I'm a little hesitant sometimes in asking drivers this because I understand I, I got this question myself. When you run so well but haven't gotten that win yet, and I know it's early in the season, but does frustration set in at all, or are you just proud of what you've been able to accomplish and know that that's just a matter of time before you put everything together one weekend? Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time. You know, the, the best thing we can do is, you know, the best thing is that we have fast cars, you know, and, and leading laps and winning stages and sitting on poles and just haven't gotten one in the wind column yet. You know, that's I'd rather that be going on than – having 20th place speed every single week and wondering what the heck we got to do to get faster. So 
Um, those other things we can clean up. Uh, just got to keep bringing fast cars and and just trying to get better at the little things to you know keep yourself in. Can- so that's that's all sides. You know, that's me as a driver. That's on pit road. That's you know pit calls. It's it's just all goes into one. So um, definitely not frustrated. Just you know. Nice to be out of the gate and running fast with a new crew chief. You know, work with Jonathan Hassler this year. That's always what you want. You want to get started off on the right foot. And it seems like we are, even though we haven't had a win. It's just we have pretty good momentum, and, and you just got to keep working at that. Hey, Ryan, we have a couple of callers who have called in at 844-NASCAR-NBC. They want to chat with you real quick. We'll start with Marvin. Marvin, you're on with Ryan Blaney. Go ahead, Marvin. How you doing, Ryan? Doing good, Marvin. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. So, uh, little birdie tells us you're going to be racing against your dad this summer in the Superstar Racing Experience. What's that going to be like this summer? Yeah, it's um, you know really really neat to be able to race with dad. Um, that's only happened a couple times before. Uh, you know, in kind of like exhibition races, and um, they've all been on dirt. And uh, I beat him in one of them. He beat me in the other. So this might be a you know, uh, settling the one and one record that we got going on. So uh, really, really cool that, you know, they want to, SRX wants to bring their series up to Sharon. Uh, it's their season finale. That that track's really special to my dad, uh, the Blaney family. You know, they grew up five miles from there. So uh, that's going to be a really cool event. I'm happy that uh, I'm able to do it. Uh, I just hope that there's good weather to where there's no problems of me getting from Pocono to Sharon. Um, but it should be a good time. Hopefully, Dad doesn't beat me too bad. Let's go to Nas Carl, who has a question for you. Go ahead, Nas Carl. You're on with Ryan Blaney. Hey, Ryan. Super stoked to be talking to you. And here's the reason why. So I'm a Newman guy. He didn't get a ride this year, but I got to have a driver. So it got me to thinking. I live in Ohio. You have Ohio ties. Newman drove the 12. You're driving the 12. Team Ford, you're my favorite driver, Ryan. So first off, I'd like to say welcome to the country, <laughs> NASCAR country. And, well, I appreciate uh, NASCAR. I... Go ahead, NASCAR. And I think we lost question. NASCAR. There he is. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, bud. So my first question is, how does it feel to be NASCAR's favorite driver? And second, when you guys say speed in the car, you always we talk about that. What are some things that sometimes have to be taken away from the car to sacrifice, I'd say, to gain that speed? Well, NASCAR, it's been a dream come true of mine to be your number one driver. And I feel honored, <laughs> and I appreciate it. Um you know, yeah, I mean, so we talk about, you know, maybe taking handling away from the car to get speed, and, and we mainly talk about that on super speedways, you know, Talladega, Daytona, and, and that's just, you know, taking drag away from the race car to maybe make it run in a straight line a little faster, but there's always, you're always compromising. So if you take drag away, you're not going to handle it as good. So um, it's, it's really, we always have tried to focus on getting our cars to handle good on speedways and to where you can make moves and be aggressive. Uh, instead of just kind of being hanging on and maybe being fast by yourself because at the end of those things, you're always going to have to be aggressive and make moves and kind of take pushes. So that's one of the things that we kind of try to balance out, and it seems like we've we've done a pretty decent routine at it. One more for you. We have Nicholas on the line from Louisiana. Nicholas, you're on with Ryan Blaney. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Doing good. So my first question is, did you save at the pump? And my second question is, uh, how you ran at Richmond, knowing that this is a struggling track for you, how do you, are you still satisfied with the finish that you got, knowing that Richmond was a hard track for you in the past? Well, well, I always save at the pump. Uh, with advanced and show, you always save at the pump. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's kind of a bittersweet thing, right? I mean, it's great to have, like, my best run at Richmond uh, to lead laps, to win stages, uh, or to win a stage, sit on the pole. Uh, you know, that's great. It's awesome that we're making progress there. But and then the other part of you gets greedy of, like, man, we've made great progress, so I want to win there now. You know, I, I want to go out and win. And uh, that track, you know, specifically, uh, really, really bad. So, uh, but really, honestly, just proud of the progress we've made at that place. Uh, everyone's put in a lot of time and effort and to try to figure out 
what to do there to be competitive because you, you don't want to go to a place and struggle year in and year out. So that's something that um, a lot of props to people at Penske for, for working with me on that and uh, being patient and hopefully uh, we'll be contending for wins there at some point. Yeah, I'll say you will. Yeah, but you make great strides there. You kind of led me into uh, my question. Uh, I've been seeing you on a lot of commercials, uh, advanced auto parts and different things. So um, do you enjoy doing that? And what kind of input do you have as to what goes into these commercials? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I've had tons of fans come up and ask me, have you saved at the pub? Uh, and that was a funny commercial <laughs> me and Logano did, uh, you know, with that promotion with Shell and Advanced Auto Parts, you know, two two great partners of ours at Team Penske, and um, it's it's a great program, too. If you're not, you know, a part of it, it's uh, it really helps you out. So um, as far as what input I have on those, not really a lot. Um, maybe if I, if I see something that's kind of silly, I'll be like, well, maybe we should change this up a little bit. But those, those folks, they do such a good job of having fun things to do and, and making it to where people – are talking about it like we are now and what all the fans talk about and you know you got to make it humorous and uh i think they did just that so that was a that was a fun time to do and um it was, it was definitely cool to be a part of a you know groups and companies that want to do that stuff and, and give back to you know not only the teams but you know the fans as well who uh, who support that program yeah. So speaking of that, by the way, the Advanced My Track Challenge is back for 2022. We had a lot of fun with it last year, kind of recognizing local short tracks around the country. You guys unveiled it again yesterday. So kind of walk us through that program for this year. Yeah, really excited. You know, speaking about Advanced Auto Parts, they've been an awesome partner of ours uh, the last few years. Um, they do so much, uh, you know, for the, the grassroots local tracks, um, you know, with their weekly series uh they, they do an awesome job and you know you get thinking about you know no one from drivers to mechanics crew chiefs no one would be here without their local short track i mean everyone started somewhere and it's your local speedway so um they put a big emphasis on trying to give back to those local tracks uh, who host every single weekend you know series that come there and you know so the advanced my track challenge was great last year um there's a bunch of tracks i think there's over 30 this year that are competing for it and the winner uh fans will be able to vote um throughout may and the winner receives 50 grand for their racetracks you know mm. to improve their facilities uh their fan experience uh, berlin raceway won it last year up in michigan um so uh, second gets uh you know i think it's 20 grand and third gets 10 grand so uh, a really great program to help these local short tracks uh improve their facilities and you know keep the fans entertained keep the racers happy uh, and it's it's something that they're doing to really get back so awesome to be part of a company like advanced auto parts who wants to do these things and uh really honored to have them on our car uh this weekend for their first primary so it's going to be really cool yeah our buddy jeff yeah, striegel right. put that money to good use up there at berlin no doubt yeah. about it so it can certainly help out a, a local track hey we're gonna uh talk to the number 12 penske driver across the hall next so should we put together a little wager of who wins first in the 12 car for team penske you or will power this year maybe maybe will can buy you a better internet connection and you can buy will something nice yeah i mean that's just what it is in my place i mean that's what you're gonna get hey, the you're like me i get that i get that now we could put a beer on the line or something yeah. like that right i know well ask ask will you know it's gonna get under his skin but, you know, what's it like to have Joseph and, and Scotty already win this year? You are just over. Because <laughs> you know? uh, I'm in the same boat. Me. Joey won the clash. Austin won the Daytona 500. So I'm in the same boat. So we're, we're equal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to figure out what that wager could be. All That's right, man. Fun. Always fun hanging yeah. out. Congratulations on the speed that you and Jonathan Hassler are bringing to the track every week. We'll see you soon, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, right, good luck, man. Ryan Blaney joining us here. And as we mentioned, we will jump to the the other number 12 driver for Team Penske. Will Power, big weekend coming up for IndyCar. Also IMSA this weekend at Long Beach. Will Power, a two-time winner at Long Beach. We'll chat with Will Power next. Will Power makes a huge start. 
left and he will contend for the lead. Justin Willardson to the outside and Will Power to the inside. Let's see who goes through the first turn. It is Will Power taking the lead. Will Power, did he win this thing at the start? It looks that way as we watch the green and yellow Aussie Vineyards machine of Will Power come off the hairpin. The checkered flags are out. Power's the winner in the KB Racing Technology car. Man, oh man, what a race here at the end. Only about eight car lengths separate first and second. He is so much closer than he was last time by. Two and a half car lengths back is Simon Pagino. Not going to have it up because they're in the hairpin on the last lap. Will Power's 17th career win, his second win at Long Beach. He also was victorious here in 2008. Well, the man certainly knows his way to most IndyCar victory lanes, but he's found it twice at Long Beach, one of the crown jewel events this weekend. We welcome in Will Power to NASCAR America Motormouse. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing well, thank you. How are you guys? We're, we're all good. I'm sure you're well rested. You know, we mentioned how this is, a, this is a, such a big event. The weather's going to be outstanding this weekend. The stands are going to be full once again at Long Beach. Does it kind of feel like it's back in its normal spot, that the race is back like it should be? Because last year it was a championship race in September. Yeah, it, it does feel like everything's coming back to normal now. Um, I, think, I think we're all looking forward to having an absolutely, you know, full, full capacity crowd. I have to say, though, it was really cool having the finale at Long Beach last year. It was just such a great place to have it. Everyone stayed Sunday night, and it's a pretty cool, cool area to, to finish the season. But, um, yeah, it, uh, I think, yeah, Long Beach uh, and the Indy 500, we're, we're all looking forward to having big crowd. And like you said, Long Beach is definitely – one of those boxes you want to tick during your career to uh, to win there. A lot of lot of great history uh, with IndyCar there. Hey, Will, uh, Marty mentioned your two wins uh, at Long Beach, uh, and, and it looks like quite an improvement uh, in Penske Racing's uh, street course uh, uh, so far this year. Uh, I know that's only one race, but uh, you had a lot of speed there. And couple that with your success, you have to be pretty excited about uh, the opportunity that's in front of you and getting that first win of the season. Uh, definitely excited. Uh, like you said, we've we've really improved uh, coming into this season, not just on the team front, but Chevy has also improved a lot uh, on the engine front. So um, I felt like we were actually really strong at Long Beach at the end of last year. So we've kind of improved upon that. Uh, so I expect to be running right at the front if everything rolls smoothly and, um, you know, hopefully giving us a, a chance at potentially a win. But yeah, we're, it's, it's crazy if you just, in this series, and it'd be it's the same in NASCAR. If you just find a little bit of an edge, uh, you go from you know struggling to get in the top ten in practice to you know regularly being in the top five and not having to kind of overshoot a little bit or you know I don't want to say become desperate, but you you know you have to dig, you have to push the car beyond what you would like to push it, and sometimes overdrive a little. So when you uh, do find a really good package and everything's working well, you can just back off that a bit and you, you, you're more consistent and sometimes quicker. Hey, Will, so as DJ mentioned, the street courses, you guys were awfully strong at St. Pete. Obviously, Scott McLaughlin, your teammate, won the race. Joseph was up there. You were up there as well. Uh, but is Colton Herta still the guy to beat at street courses? He seems to have so much speed. It's just putting it together for him at the end of the races. So when you go into the race on Sunday, is he the guy you're kind of focused on that that's the guy you got to beat? He, he is the, he's the most impressive guy I've seen come along in a long time. Um, just his one lap, just his, I'm not going to say one lap speed. His one lap speed is amazing, but it's also race pace, race craft. His, um, you know, he's quite a smart guy. Like I can tell he gets the car set up really well for him. And, um, yes, he's, he's definitely a, a strong contender. Uh, you know, I think if he, everything goes smoothly for him, he'll be, he'll be right there. He'll be the guy to beat in the championship. Will, you kind of led me into my next question a while ago with your answer about uh, having the car and not having to overdrive. But I've seen through the years and, and been able to see the look in your eye when it comes time to qualify. And I know that you're sitting second here behind Mario Andretti uh, within reach of getting that all-time pole win. Um, but in, in doing that and thinking about that at a 
at a street course like this, uh, what is the intensity like and, and what does the level of what you have to do differ from maybe other places? It's, it is, uh, it blows me away the level of like how deep you have to dig with an indie car. It's such a, it's a, it's a real brutal machine. Like it really rewards, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say aggression, but you got to have that fire in your belly and attack that, that, that's, uh, what, what gets you pace. So especially on new tires and, and, um, yeah, it's, I love qualifying. It is the one time in the weekend where you are absolutely getting the most out of the car. There's there's uh, really no other time that you go to that level. So, yeah, it's... Um, and Long Beach, of all tracks, you really attack. I mean, you're inches off the wall. You're actually scraping the wall in some cases. And, uh, yeah, there's no more... There's no lap more satisfying than a pole lap in qualifying in an IndyCar. Hey, well, let me ask you about where Team Penske is right now. Do you feel like as a three-car team, you guys are stronger than you were as a four-car team last year? Uh, I wouldn't say that having four cars was a problem for Penske. I mean, you know, they have all good guys, all good engineers, and they're able to deal with that, no problem. Um, I just think that we went through one of the worst years that we had in the last decade and dug really mm. deep in the season and did a lot of development and kind of reflected on where we were weak and, and has, have just improved. So I think if we had four cars, it'd be the same case. We'd still, we'd be, we'd be uh, right up there. How about for you and the 12 team? A, a terrific start to the season, third and fourth in the first two races. And I know that really helps you out a lot when you can start season, a season like this with momentum like you have right now. How much does that help you? And why is that so important to you just to kind of get that start clean and not have to dig out of a hole? I, I think it matters. It really does. Although all the all the races, apart from the five hundred, which is double points, they all pay mm -hmm. the same. Yeah. If you if you bank some credit at the beginning of the year, you take a little bit of that desperation and having to dig out of a hole and maybe you know take a bigger risk on strategy because you you have this feeling as though you have to close that gap. Um, so I really think it does matter that you know that first quarter of the season if you can get a good base of points, uh, you don't, you, you, you kind of can just back everything off a little bit and there's less mistakes mm. that come with that. And also the guys that are doing the pit stops and the strategists and everyone feels a little more comfortable to be conservative and, and it just prevents more mistakes. So it matters. I mean, you know, it, it just, it's got to remember the big picture in your mind when you're racing, you just, you know, I've been around sport long enough. I, I understand how to win a championship and how how championships are won. So, I mean, it's just you just got to um, you know execute week in week out and use the knowledge and toolbox that you've built over the years of, uh, of, of all these situations you've been in. It's crazy to think, but we are uh, two weeks away from the open test for the Indianapolis 500, <laughs> which is insane for me to think about. Are you encouraged, and we talked about this post-race at Texas, are you encouraged by the performance Team Penske had at the Big Oval at Texas with what you'll bring not only to the open test, but to prepare for the 500? Uh, it's, it's a very different track, but the speed does matter. Uh, so, that, you know, that's just actual car speed, but the handling side of things it you know I, and and really that's what we've missed at indy the last couple of years is the actual speed the, the handling of the car has been quite good so i want to say where i don't want to last year i felt like we were going to turn up and be really competitive so i'm not gonna <laughs> predict <laughs> where we're gonna end up here i just say quietly confident we've because i felt like we worked so hard in the off season last year but um i'd say we've done the same again and we will all be scratching our heads if this year we're not competitive. So we'll see how it plays out and we'll just uh, creep up on it slowly and, and, and not, um, I'm not going not gonna to say anything. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> let, let me ask you an honest question. Does, do, do people show their hands at the open test or not? Like, let's just be truthful. Like, do they go there and say, I'm going to give it everything we've got or am I going to hold some stuff back? I, you know, it's, I've never got a good indication from open tests, honestly, because you don't know what people are doing. You don't know who, I mean, you've got toe filters and all that, so you can see, see in speeds, but 
leading final practice before qualifying, like before they turned up the boost for that Friday um, for qualifying practice, you know, I was confident we'd be fast because, you know, from all the analysis we did on, on uh, all the, you know, alone speeds, it, it looked like that. But as soon as we turned up the boost, suddenly we were off the pace. So it's mm. it's so hard to tell. You can't tell. And, you know, it, it, qualifying does actually mean a lot these days because there's, there's just not as many yellows. The field is way thicker. Like you, you have, you know, it's hard to pick a bad team and a, and a bad driver, honestly, out of the field now. So if, you know, everyone's kind of doing their job on race day. So it's not easy to just, you know, get through the field to get to the front. So it, it does matter. Ultimate speed with the boost turned up. So we'll see what we got. Hey, Will, before we let you go, we tried to uh, get Ryan Blaney to bet with you of who would be the first number 12 Team Penske driver to win this year. Do you want to throw in a wager, maybe a beer, maybe a lunch, something like that? First winner, oh, first winner, uh, first loser buys? Lunch would be good at uh, Epic Steak. <laughs> lunch at Epic Steakhouse, which is, by the way, for everyone else in the country, not in the Charlotte area, a very yes. expensive steakhouse. So you'll take that, right? You'll take that. I, I want you to take your internet connection from your side of the Lake Norman to Ryan's side of Lake Norman. That would be helpful. Oh, was so. this bad? Yeah, well, that's, yeah, it's bad. That's okay. He lives on a farm. It's all good. So, uh, All right, bud. We will see you. We'll see you tomorrow in Long Beach. Best of luck this yep. weekend. Look forward to it. See you on the plane. Actually, I'll be kicking your seat. <laughs> there you go. I appreciate that. Will Power joining us here, two-time winner. Good luck, man. Certainly, always a threat at Long Beach and Team yeah. Penske. Certainly, terrific start for those guys for the IndyCar half of the the building. Yeah, kind of what we expect to, to have, you know, sure. and, and from them. And uh, he, you know, he alluded to it that you know they didn't get everything uh, that they felt like that they needed to last year. So you come back uh, better prepared, and and you can just you can tell. That he's hungry, you know. I mean, he talks a lot about Indy, and I understand that. I, I know that, and he's wanting. You know, you get a second Indy 500, you get mm -hmm. a second championship. Just put you in a different class, oh, and, sure. and you can tell. He said it there. He knows how to win these races, and he knows how to win the championships. The best part about uh, us racing on the West Coast this weekend, DJ, we give you nighttime practices, early yes. morning practices. The schedule for Long Beach this weekend is all over the map. Uh, the <laughs> starts Friday evening with practice for IndyCar. That is, of course, on. On Peacock. Look how early we got to get up Saturday morning, DJ. Oh, that would gosh. be 845 mm. West Coast time. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot happening at Long Beach this weekend. And of course, the big race on NBC this weekend that follows uh, MotoGP right before it. So it's going to be a busy weekend. Yeah, it's going to make Sports. me get a second TV out there to have the Masters <laughs> and watch the IndyCar race. Uh, DJ, I know this is what you're interested in. 40,000 sure. up for grabs this weekend with the NBC Sports Predictor app mm. powered by PointsBet. NASCAR IndyCar special MotoGP contest all live this weekend. Just download the NBC Sports Predictor app to play for free. DJ already has it on his phone. Yes. He will be playing this weekend if you want to play <laughs> against Del Jarrett. Jump in and try and win the jackpot. When we come back Let's talk a little Martinsville racing, night racing this weekend for the Cup Series and Xfinity Series. Hey, DJ, our buddy Dale uh, Jr. is running the Xfinity Series race this weekend. He picks one race a yeah. year. Uh -huh. uh, he kind of miscalculated last year. You remember this? He yes. picked the Saturday Richmond race and forgot we had to broadcast the Cup race <laughs> later that day. And remember, he sat in our production meeting. He's like, what have I done? Yes. This was not yes. a good call. Uh, he sat in his car to get ready for the weekend, uh, acted like a kid, making some engine noises and <laughs> fictitiously going around the corner. Did you ever uh, sit in your dad, your dad's car when you were a young kid and make oh, noises absolutely. like you were driving the yeah. car? Yeah. yeah I would have loved than Dale Jr. is now. But yeah. yeah. Well, but, you know, hey. But I, mean, I don't he, blame him. Hey, he gets one race a year. Much. Let the yeah. man do what That's he wants exactly to do, right? right. Get ready. Uh, by the way, Junior gets to work tomorrow. Xfinity Series practice and qualifying at Martinsville is tomorrow. And then the truck race tomorrow night. So it's a busy weekend. Uh, of course, the Dell Junior download with Robert Wickens. You do not want to miss that. That's on Peacock on Thursday. That is tomorrow. And then check out all the action. Long Beach is going to be busy. IMSA, IndyCar. And then Sunday is going to be a busy day on the NBC. MotoGP from Coda here in the U.S. Leading into Long Beach with the IndyCar group. And then Supercross as well from St. Louis this weekend. So a lot happening this weekend. Let's try and get in uh, one more phone call here before we wrap up the show. Let's go to Chandler, who wants to talk a little William Byron in the truck series. Go ahead, Chandler. Thank you, um, Marty. And 
You know, guys, looking at last week how Alex Bowman did in the Hendrick Cars, you know, Chevrolet and the Truck Series, he ran so good. And all of a sudden, you know, boom, it came to the very end. And here, tomorrow night, you know, William Byron is going to drop the number seven truck. And looking at how mm-hmm. Alex Bowman did at Circuit of the Americas, what can you expect out of William Byron tomorrow night in Martinsville? It's a good question, Chandler. And, and I'll take it one step further. I'm wondering if all of this extra racing that William Byron is doing all of a sudden, the late models, everything he's doing, is that helping the whole program, DJ? Well, it has to. I mean, they just look at their teammate at Hendrick Motorsports and the 2021 champion of the Cup Series, and Kyle Larson, that drives (laughs) anything and everything. Uh, And I fully believe, I expect William Byron to be one of the drivers to beat when they get to the end of the truck race uh, at Martinsville. Uh, I believe that any time that you can sit in a a vehicle, whether it's a truck, a car, Xfinity car, uh, I know there are differences, uh, especially with the next-gen car, but but driving and understanding the track, the changes of the track, um, that is all helpful. And I believe it will help his Cub uh, effort on Saturday night. And you know who I think has really helped all of that at Hendrick really has been Jeff Gordon saying to Rick, hey, it's okay. Let yeah. them go do what they want to do. Let William Byron go do that. Let Alex Bowman go do those things mm-hmm. because it's only going to help this program. That's why they're sort of developing this you know, if it's IMSA or whatever it winds up being, this entire program where they can say, hey, you can go do this. And there's a lot of opportunities because your point, seat time, DJ, is seat time. Yeah, and you're talking about, and especially when you look at, I know Alex Bowman has raced a lot, but but I think getting more time for him there. And when you, you think about William Byron, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, this young man is, he, we say young, and he is so young and, mm-hmm. and doesn't have as much experience as anyone else that he's racing against there. So anytime that he can get behind the wheel of one of these cars or trucks, it's only going to be helpful and beneficial to his career. And to that point, I mean, you look just at the announcements today. Now, granted, Bristol is this whole other yeah, animal. Sure. You're going to learn how to dirt race, but Logano is going to be in the truck race at yeah. Bristol. Now Harrison Burton's going to be in the truck race at Bristol. Everybody trying to find a ride so they can get better for that event coming oh, up God. in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, so, yeah, all the time you can get on that, <laughs> right, I would think would right. have to be beneficial. All right, let's dive into the Martinsville race. So I want to know if because of its position in the fall, Mm-hmm. Martinsville is obviously the race that decides who gets into the championship for is now this maybe the most important spring race of the year. Maybe other than Phoenix, is this the most important race for the whole field to say, hey, I don't know if we're going to come to Martinsville with a shot to needing to win this race yeah. to make it in the championship for this is the most important race of the spring. Yeah, pro- yeah, probably even more than Phoenix was because you might, as you just pointed out, you might need a win at this track. Uh, whenever we get to October. And uh, so we'll see. I I think that this is going to tell them a lot about uh, what they have. I know improvements will be made, changes will be made, but they, you know, they're in a pretty small box as to what they can do with these cars. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's much from a driver's standpoint as to what can I do to get speed out of this car here uh, that will be beneficial and that we can work towards making that happen when we get back here. So a uh, hugely important race. I, I realize this. I'm, I'm intrigued by the fact that it's only 400 laps. We haven't mm-hmm. seen cup cars right. run 400 laps there. So how is the strategies going to be different than, than what they might be there later this year. Have you always wanted, what, what if you would have raced there at night? Would you have wanted to race at Martinsville at night? That's, oh. what, that's what I love about it. You're talking oh. about the 400 yes. laps. I love the lights. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we finished kind of under the lights the yeah. last couple of years uh, just because of, the, of timing and everything and the start time. But it, to run the whole thing uh, under the light, I, it would have been so cool. I mean, Martinsville is one of the most fun places as a driver that you will ever go. And, and you add the fact that this is a Saturday night short track race at Martinsville, Virginia mm. in, in the Cup Series. Uh, there's nothing better. So we all wondered what the new car would bring when, when the Cup Series showed up to the short tracks, right? Yeah. And kind of the usual showed back up. We've seen all these different drivers up front, and it was sort of the normal cast of characters at Richmond. Is that what happens at Martinsville on Saturday night? I really believe it does. The, the ones that have performed well there in the past, I believe, will perform well again. So you can kind of look. You know, Chase Elliott's going to be there. William Byron's run good there. Sure. But, you know, he's not one of the, the guys that we look at. But when you look at Denny Hamlin, uh, he's going to be right there. Kyle Busch is going to perform well. Uh, I think Martin Truex Jr. Uh, in that camp performs well. So I think that you see these guys. Kevin Harvick, it hadn't been one of Kevin's best tracks, but he has run well there. And I think he has a little momentum on his side, not just because of Sunday, but I think they've improved each and every race. And so I look at that uh, going forward. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. The other side of this is, 
I, I believe that this car is going to be a little more durable uh, mm. with the body. <laughs> I, I expect a little more pushing and shoving and, and the brakes. I'm so intrigued by this. So you know you've got a bigger brake, a better brake. Right. So you're going to drive it further into the corner. You've only got 400 laps versus 500 laps. How hard are they going to push these? There, there is a failure limit there that you can get well, to. It's got to create right? a problem some for level. yourself. But uh, how are they going to find that out? Where, how far they can test this? So I believe between all of that and, uh, again, a lot of pushing and shoving that's going to make it entertaining for us and have some people that might have been friends when they started may not be when it ends. <laughs> That's going to make this for terrific stuff. That's why I kind of wish Bristol was on the concrete or on, oh, the, on the normal racing yeah. surface versus the dirt for the first race around because I think it would be fascinating. I mean, I can't wait to get there. But you can there. always use the dirt as an excuse that, oh, I, I slipped a little bit. Yeah. Well, maybe it wasn't I exactly do, I that. I do like the aspect, though, that you can have a little – Argy-bargy, and you can move someone out of the way. And yeah. if this car can survive it, I think that's going to be an intriguing part of what Martinsville could be even more so in the fall. Yeah, exactly. I, th I think it's going to be a, a nice prelude to, to, for us to look at and say, this is what we can really expect. And, and uh, again, drivers are going to get used to these cars more and, and the things that they can and can't do. And, and so that's going to make it even more fun to, to watch as they go through this. I wonder why at the mile and a half tracks, it's completely different drivers that we've seen up front, not the normal guys. But then yeah. as soon as you get to the short tracks, it's all the normal characters. Yeah, I think it's a feel of the car, uh, just by what who I've talked to so mm. far. It's just a feel of the car that, that is different on the higher speed tracks and, and, and getting used to that and, and finding and making changes to find the speed. And, and where can you find the speed uh, without hurting uh, your handling too much? And, and I think that some of the drivers, especially the drivers that knew changes they could make with the old cars uh, that would give them that speed but not compromise their handling too much, they're, they're having a more difficult time right now finding exactly what they can and can't do, even their driving style uh, in getting to that. I don't know if you and I should have this conversation because you're number one in our fantasy league, Dell Jr.'s two, and I'm three. <laughs> but who are you picking this weekend, DJ? And excuse oh, yeah. me while I write yeah. all this down. Yeah. Give me two or three picks, Canyon. <laughs> you don't mind. I, I'm, I, I'm going with Martin Truex Jr., who is okay. one of those that has has a great track record at, at Martinsville, ran really well at Richmond last week, and I, I think he's going to be right up front. All right, how about if I go with his teammate, Denny Hamlin? He could maybe win two in a row, or Kyle Busch could win there as well. I think yeah. Joe Gibbs Racing is going to be strong this weekend. They are going to be strong, but I think that we see an eighth different winner here. Really? Yeah. All right. right. I like that. Yeah. I wonder how far this streak can go, DJ. We're at eight right now. You think yeah, can I don't know. You know I, think that, I think that the, the possibilities, especially with the dirt track coming into play and, and different tracks, I, I think we could literally get 11 or 12 races uh, in and have different winners. All right, make sure you guys check out everything over the weekend. It's going to be a busy weekend for us here on NBC Sports, on Peacock, and on NBC. You can catch all the IndyCar action. And, of course, MotoGP as well from COTA this weekend. That's on NBC Sports. We'll see you back here on Monday, everyone.